Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. I am your host, Michael Sherlock, and all month long, we are talking to some incredibly elite entrepreneurs. And we're talking about not only the plus side of entrepreneurship, but some of the lessons we've all learned along the way. My guest today is Jeff Morell. He co-founded Planet Subaru, your undealership in 1998, and built it into one of not only the most successful privately held car dealerships in the US, but also what he likes to refer to as an ethical dealership. And I think that's a really critical element we're gonna talk. He started many other businesses in automotive, retail, real estate, telecommunications, and insurance, and all of them have generated over $100 million in annual revenue. And his achievements in building profitable and ethical companies has been featured, you know, because not only do we want to know about it, we want to know how to do it. And so he's been featured in a variety of national media, including USA Today, Entrepreneur Magazine, Automotive News, the Boston Globe, and many, many others. And so I can't wait to talk to him today and also to talk about his book and this book called ProfitWise, How to Make More Money in Business by Doing the Right Thing. I think it's going to challenge us to think about that element of when is a sale a sale and when is sale a really um, incredible merging of what somebody needs when they need it and being able to deliver it to them in a way that makes sense. So joining me today is Jeff. Thank you so much for being with us. Glad to be with you. I'm grateful for the opportunity to share some of these ideas with your audience. I, you know, um, I, I know you've heard this before because everybody, when I, when I talk to people that say, I hate sales and I love sales. So it always makes me laugh, but people who equate sales with the, I'm going to do the air quotes, quote unquote, used car salesman. I've always thought that gives car people, car, car dealers and car salesmen a really bad rap that they don't need to have. <laughs> but obviously in every sales environment, you can have players that aren't operating ethically. What is the history behind how you began to operate Planet Subaru and, and what was your purpose with that? What did you really want to achieve? When we opened in 98, just functionally, we saw an opportunity to differentiate ourselves from the terrible state of the showroom experience. Mm -hmm. And I mean, everybody who's bought a car probably over the years has had at least one or, or maybe many bad experiences in a showroom. So we thought about why are those experiences the way they are and how can we change them? So that was our competitive advantage that we wanted to engineer into the culture and into the business. To mm -hmm. answer the, the broader question about why we did it, um, I mean, we'll jump right into the psychology of it. I, I grew up, uh, and, and my brother, co-founder, business partner, we grew up under very modest conditions. And, and mm. modest is the, the nicest way I can describe it. I think <laughs> we have some hole to fill in our lives around scarcity. And, mm. and we, thought, we thought that that it was a way 
to um, to create abundance. And that was really important to us. I mean, there were other things we could have become teachers or we could have um, served the community or, or the world in some other way, but that that's, we wanted to make some money because we didn't have much, I guess, is, mm-hmm. the, is the short answer to that and to be perfectly candid. But, but that wasn't enough. And, and we knew from the beginning that we wanted our lives to be about a lot more than just moving iron and making profits. And, right. and it's worked out very well that the business is large enough and the other businesses that we've bought have put us in a position to do some pretty neat things in terms of, of giving back and serving the community, you know, directly through, through financial investments to community nonprofits. But, but in the way we staff the teams and those kinds of things, we've been able to, to really energize the community and attract people who have traditionally not had the opportunities to be in our industry. Well, I love that on so many uh, levels, especially, you know, you're talking about taking something like this and making it truly a competitive advantage, but to do so, you have to create a culture, a culture that operates ethically, that operates um, the same way every time that really is going to give people a different experience. You know, running, running a very large organization, it's not always easy to make sure that that culture exists all day, every day in the spots that you're not Mm. looking. How did you how did you craft that? How did you keep that going and get people to buy in enough to make sure that what you wanted to accomplish with that culture actually was what was happening? Well, let me start by saying that, um, and, and again, just to, in full candor, I think it's important to, to understand that with all the success we've had, we've, we've had some, some struggles too. As recently as today, we had to um, ask uh, a senior member of our management team at the Subaru dealership to work for somebody else. And he had been with us over 10 years. And it, uh, it turns out that we, we learned that he just wasn't treating his people very well. And, mm-hmm. and it was to the point where it wasn't like something we could, we felt like we could work with. We felt like it was, it was uh, something that that was really a deal killer. And so I'll tell you that we opened in 98, we're 21 years in now, no, that's at 23 years in <laughs> and we're still working on it. So I guess I look at it like a garden that it's growing and it has its own energy and we have to go in and make sure that we're providing it with all the resources it needs, whether, whether it's not to push the, the metaphor too far, but water, <laughs> fertilizer, we have to do weeding, you know, from time to time to remove people that, that um, either just should have never been hired or, or have lost their way. So I think the, the short answer is it's a ton of focus on making sure that, that the stated values that you started the company with are actually alive in it every day. And, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you, with, again, in all candor, I think we're really good at it, but, but we're not perfect. And, and we fall down on it. And, and the conversations we have when something like the incident that I just described earlier occurs is we do some soul searching. We say, you know, how, how did we not discover this early enough? And where were the, the lessons, where are the lessons that we can draw from this to make sure that we have a, uh, an opportunity to prevent this from happening in the future? So I think that's, that's part of it. I, I'd add one more thing too, yeah. that, um, and we can talk as much about this or, or as little as you'd like, but, but I think our secret, the thing that, that really has made us successful relative to the competition is our ability to hire people and our philosophy around that. And one of the things we do is we, for almost all of our positions, we do not require experience because we don't want people from other dealerships importing their shenanigans and bad habits. We want to start fresh with people. And, um, and what that allows us to do is we don't have to spend a lot of time 
beating out the bad habits for the, yeah. the people bring in we we start fresh and and um and the fact that we don't require experience really opens up the talent pool you know right. there was a, someone who introduced the term to me talent puddle which is what you get <laughs> when you require when you have too many filters you know you just don't yeah. have enough water in there but we're very open because we don't you don't have to work in a dealership before you don't have to work in sales even uh, if you want to be a technician at our dealership of course we're happy to take experience there that would be the right. one difference where we're where we're willing to look at experienced people, but, but we also have an apprentice program. If you just have an interest in working with your hands, we can take you right out of school, right out of another career and train you to become a technician. You know, when you were talking, first of all, I was laughing. I love that talent pool versus talent puddle. I worked for about 10 plus years in the hearing industry. And I was very much the same way when, when we were hiring new salespeople, I didn't necessarily want that person that came from the miracle era, the bell tone, not that there was anything wrong with that, but if we were hiring somebody that we could develop and train and certify ourselves, then I could have more variety. I could, I could take somebody from a different industry that, you know, had our same philosophy and it wasn't, you know, maybe there's some extra steps in there, but that's a, it's a really great opportunity. But I also want to thank you for sharing the fact that many times people see, you know, in our Instagram world, we think that everything's perfect. You have an incredible business that you've had for 23 years. It must be, you know, it must have always been this great. No, there's still challenges. You have to work at things. You can't just plant the seeds and walk away and then harvest the fruit a few months later. You have to tend to that garden over time. And I think that's the same thing with all of us in our businesses is that that honesty, it's not always going to be perfect, but if the, if the course that we're on is, is leading in the right direction and we do the right things along the way, we should have more good outcomes than poor. Yeah, I think that it's it's kind of like a bank account that as long as you're always making more investments than withdrawals, then over time you're going to get a compounding interest effect. And, and certainly that's the case. I, I think a lot of businesses though, if, if you lose the interest in making those investments, um, the withdrawals happen sort of automatically. You know, yeah. the, the, uh, the investments don't, <laughs> you know, in other words, the entropic forces that are always taking a business down in terms of equipment failing, facilities getting old, people losing motivation, key people leaving, those things seem to happen by themselves without any, any help. But the, um, the hard part of, of hiring well and, and doing all those other things that, that takes a lot of work. It does. It really, it absolutely does. And I, I know that what you're talking about, we just, we're having to make some uh, personnel decisions today with my uh, senior team. And, and it's interesting to help people go through that process and, and remind them that it's not because somebody's necessarily a bad person, or maybe, you know, that they're not just, that they're just not the right fit or that we've done as much as we can to, I call it rehabilitate them. <laughs> and if it works great. And if it doesn't, then it's time to move on because Otherwise, then that contaminates the rest of the positive efforts that you're trying to make. So tell me a little bit about the book. You know, tell me about why you wrote this book. What do you want to accomplish with this book? I know that, uh, that you donate your author royalties also to charities and different things that you do, but talk about what, uh, what you want to do accomplish with this and, and is it accomplishing it for you? It is. What I want to do is, is articulate this vision and hopefully inspire other entrepreneurs to think about it the way I do, which is that, that you can align all the pro-social things in your business with making money. 
And another way to describe that is you can help a lot of people along and bring them along in your wake mm -hmm. without hurting your business. In fact, it helps it. So I'll give you an example. If you're just going to write big, chan uh, big checks to local charities, then that's kind of a zero sum situation there because for you to strengthen them, you've got to weaken your cash position. But right. let me use this example. One of the things I'm really proud of at the Subaru dealership, we, we've hired um, many female technicians. And this is shocking, but only 1% of technicians, automotive technicians nationwide are women, only 1%, which is crazy when you think about it. So, and we're in the midst of a, a long-term talent shortage in, in service departments because our vocational yeah. schools aren't producing enough people with these skills. So, so we said, all right, well, how can we benefit the community at the same time that we benefit our business? So we, we invest a lot of effort and we can talk about that. It's discussed in the book if, if you want more details about how we did it, but we, we brought aboard the first woman and then, and then continued that success. We've been as, we've had as many as seven on our team out of about 30 technicians. And it's really unprecedented in the business. And the beauty for us is that it gives us talent that we really desperately need. We just don't have enough technicians. We have more people that need their car fixed than we have people to fix them. So it solved that for us. But, but it did something very much for these women too, because these were doors that, that didn't appear to be open to them. And so now they have a career path and these are very high paying jobs and with good benefits. And, you know, in, in our company, they can stay with us for an entire career doing really well. So, so it supports their families, their communities, their, everyone's better off as a result of this. It didn't cost anybody anything. And mm -hmm. that's just one example. And, and I talk about many in the book, or I could talk about some more too, in terms of our environmental initiatives, the projects we do with the dealership that, that reduce our environmental footprint, but also reduce our expenses. So there are all these win-win uh, situations. If you're intentional about it, you're looking for them and you build that into your, your culture and, and operating philosophy. I have to ask you, Jeff, do, uh, is it, it, my husband and I haven't even owned a car for uh, 10 years. <laughs> we live oh, wow. in uh, Philadelphia in center city, so we don't need one. Nice. Do you even need to check the oil on a car anymore? <laughs> I mean, unless the, there's a, a little sensor in the engine that'll tell you if the light is low, but <laughs> I mean, it, we don't, I mean, we, it's the kind of thing where we change it. And unless there's some reason we have um, some kind of other problem, no, I guess it's the answer. Just when my, uh, my father owned a gas station and was a mechanic. So growing up, you know, he said, these are the things you need to learn. You need to know how to put air in your tires. You need to know how to check your oil and you need to know how to change a tire and fill it with gas. And uh, so to this day, I mean, if I had to, I could change a tire, but uh, <laughs> so far, luckily I've, I've not had to do the other ones too much. So, and I think that's amazing. It's, it's also to your point, it's one thing to be able to write a check. It's another thing to make conscious business decisions that support a community, but also support your business. And so, um, you know, doing things like making sure you have more uh, women who have this opportunity is a great thing. How, how has that, you know, so at one point in time, you said you had seven out of your 30 some that were women. How does that, that affect the overall culture of your environment? Because that's a, that's a pretty significant change to have 30% of that, of that, um, of that force in your business to be women when primarily it had been men is, does that create more of a sense of excitement or, you know, more of a, do you have any more challenges? It's just a really different environment. Yeah. Again, in, in all candor, I, I think the, the most conspicuous thing is that, um, the men 
their behavior improved, maybe a little less cussing. Yeah. Um, they were just, I don't know. It's like they, they felt like they needed to, to act a little more professionally. Yeah. It would be, that's the, this is what happened. And yeah. I, I wouldn't have predicted that. And, you know, we had good guys, of course, that, that have been very welcoming and it's, we have had no issues, you know, we right. haven't had any, um, you can imagine there being problems with increasing the likelihood of sexual harassment or something. We haven't had that kind of thing. It's just, um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been very positive. I think that way. One thing I will notice, and we have, um, because this commitment to, to get to parity with women and men in our business, which has not been fully realized yet, we're not quite to 50, 50, but we, we've worked really hard on it. We have noticed that, that men tend to, uh, be more confident about their expertise than they actually are. Women are a little less confident about their expertise than they actually have, is the way I should say yeah. it. So we we have to, there's a management challenge. And again, I'm painting with a broad brush. There are exceptions, of course, but but we find that many women we have to we have to encourage them to take the promotion to to move them, advance them along in their career. Whereas the guys, there are many guys, they, you know, six weeks after they start, they're, they're looking for the promotion. It's like, no, you don't, you don't know anything yet, you know? So it's just a different, it's, it's been interesting. And that's been, again, in all Canada, that's been our experience. That's great. And I love the fact that you say too, that it kind of increased the professionalism of the men that were on there, because that also then has another benefit to your whole business. You know, I talk often about, and, you know, when employees feel a sense of ownership, no, and I mean, obviously ownership to a business, but more of a sense of understanding that their actions or inactions affect a business positively or negatively. Um, so if they're more professional, then those things rub off on, on your whole business and the customer experience. And that all that can do is have more positive and more positive effects. I love it. Well, we're going to take a quick break, Jeff, and we are going to hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Have you ever considered hiring a virtual assistant, but didn't know where to start? Let Kukua Biz help. Kukua Biz matches talented professionals from Kenya with small businesses around the globe. Affordable weekly rates allow you to have a dedicated full-time staff member to help you with anything from administrative tasks, social media management, public relations, and more. Go to kukuabiz.com today for more information or email info at kukuabiz.com. Kukuabiz, that's K-U-K-U-A-B-I-Z.com. And we are back with Jeff Morrell, and we are talking about all things entrepreneurship, but also about making good decisions that have a positive impact on community and business. So what over the years, I know, you know, you've shared some already here, but what, what are some of the secrets to your success personally, in terms of being an entrepreneur and taking these risks? Because as you said, in the beginning, you know, I came, my brother and I came from modest beginnings. Now we run these companies that are incredibly uh, positive. They're incredibly impactful. There's a lot of money going around. So it's a different situation, but getting from where you started to where you are now, what things really helped you personally be able to have that kind of success, make those forward charges? Yeah, I, I'm, it's funny, not the most comfortable area for me to talk about because I, I, I don't, um, I like to think of what we succeeded at as a team. Mm-hmm. But, but I'll, in, you know, I want to make sure I answer your question. So, so at the risk of being immodest, I think <laughs> I have a very high pain threshold, mm-hmm. which has served me very well because 
opening a business and then running it under these complicated circumstances, adding additional businesses the time times have gone on. Anyone who's, who's owned a business long enough knows there's lawsuits involved. People sue mm-hmm. you for crazy things. Uh, we've had, we've been, I have our, our physical health threat, you know, be it crazy customers who, who make really, really awful threats. And, and, um, and it's just, it's just really hard, you know, year in, year out to go in when things aren't going well. It's a lot easier now. We've had a good run uh, mm-hmm. last few years. The, the business overall, the industry has done very well. But, um, you know, early on, we opened Subaru was, was not a particularly strong brand. Right. Definitely is now, but it wasn't. So it was, was really grinding it out. So I think the pain threshold was part of it. And another <laughs> thing I'm really proud of is, is my, my communication ability. I, I respond to 100% of, of the um, communications that are sent my way. I mean, obviously not spam emails or whatever, but, but if you're a, a reader or someone in your audience, there's on my website, you can, you can reach out to me. You'll get, if, if you want to talk about something, you'll get a response. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I've prioritized. I never, it's a choice I've made that I, I don't want to ever be so busy that a friend or, or even a stranger that wants to share something with me or ask me about something that I can't make time for that person. And I think that, that that's been my commitment ever since we opened. So I think our team has felt that they felt comfortable working with me. They know that I'm responsive and and uh, that I'm eager to make sure that they have all the knowledge that they need to succeed. So I think that'd be another thing. I love that. And it's also, you know, when you talk about communication and, and prioritizing it, but, you know, paired with a high threshold for pain or whatever uh, conflict, understanding that, that, that also means that when it is tough, you go in and face it. And um, a lot of us, you know, I, I laugh, I tell the story that when the pandemic hit, my business, 99% of my business income came from me getting on an airplane to go speak and train on leadership and sales somewhere in the world. And when that happened, I, I just wanted to crawl in bed and, you know, curl into the fetal position and stick my thumb in my mouth and cry for a bit. Cause you know, you're like, I just wanted to be different. So the fact that, you know, you're able to, and you have been consistently able to not only do it when it's tough, but, you know, deal with it up front, communicate it with it, even in the tough times, I think makes it even more appreciative for people, you know, to see, here's somebody who's going to get, go through this with me. You know, if we have a bad day, we have a bad month, we have a bad quarter, we can still do it, but we're going to talk about it. We're going to find solutions. Sure. Yep. And that's a good, good business strategy for any of us as, as uh, without a doubt, but not always easy to, uh, to accommodate. Um, so, you know, this is just kind of a random question. I, I, didn't prep you on this one at all, but when you think back across this career that you've had and these businesses that you've built, you know, if you could go back 20 some years, 25 years and tell Jeff anything else that would have helped the younger Jeff to shock his potential, shock the business potential, shock the potential of somebody else farther or faster, um, what would you go back and tell him? Anything that you know now that you wish you could go back and just say, gosh, here's where you could have saved at least one headache? I think it's, if there's any, uh, yeah, if there's any single thing that, that matters the most to me now looking back is that I would have had a little more fun along the way. Mm. You know, I mentioned that pain threshold is that, yeah. that just being able to survive things going wrong all the time. I mean, it it's, it's financially oh, yeah. beneficial and that you can show up the next day and take your next beating 
and <laughs> and go through it. But but I was I was very scared for many years. Like I was just afraid that that we were going to lose it all because we were you know very uh, lightly capitalized, highly leveraged, mm-hmm. and and we knew that a recession or some kind of unexpected disaster could could wipe us out. So I, I look back on it turned out fine, and I wish. I would have known that. Maybe I'd send a letter to myself. I mean, maybe another way to answer the question is if I could write myself a letter, you know, the the 49-year-old Jeff to the 26-year-old just starting a business, Jeff, it would be, it's going to turn out fine. So just make sure you enjoy it along the way because the money's replaceable, the businesses are replaceable, but that 23 years of your life is not replaceable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Been there, done that too. I totally get it. Yeah. So I unplug a lot more today than I did at 25 or 26. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, Jeff, we're going to have all of your contact information on our show notes, including links to your book, which is also on your website, but which I know you're going to tell us in a minute, but in case somebody wants to look you up right now, what's the best way for them to find you? Jeffmoral.com. And my last name is M-O-R-R. I L L. I love it. And, and I should mention too, there, yeah. there are a lot of resources there too, that, that are, um, if, if you, whatever your book budget spent for the month or the year, there's some bonus chapters there. And there's, there's a lot of resources that we use within our business that might be of, of utility to business owners now in terms of our hiring documents and that kind of thing. Oh, great. Yeah. I took a brief look at it. There's a lot of great stuff and some good blog articles. So yeah, anything that you need, I think you're going to, they're going to find on your site. I love it. So before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Yeah, maybe one related to the, the previous question about, about um, the advice that I'd send to a younger Jeff. One of the things I did do well, this was not a mistake, was not a failure, is that I, I started the business with love in the model. And, huh. and what I mean by love in the model is that, you know, human institutions ultimately need to be there for the benefit of people and to serve others and and to benefit the earth in some way and and to minimize harm. Like if all your business does is pad your pockets, you've failed. I don't care how rich you are. That's where I'm coming from. So, So if you're going to succeed in business, obviously you need to watch cash flow and you need to hire well and you do all the things that that make sense to keep your business profitable. But but I think along the way, just make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons, that you're taking care of people. You're taking care of the people that work for you. You're taking care of your customers and looking out for their interests. And, and, um, and also that you're taking care of yourself because those years can roll right by and you wake up one day and wonder where they went. Yeah, I agree. I love that love in the model. I think that's going to be the title of your episode. There we go. Great, great. <laughs> Jeff, thanks so much for sharing your story with us and sharing your motivation, some of your honesty, and being our guest today. It's been a great pleasure to have you. Thanks, Michael. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees and sales mixology. Why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.